It's declaration day. The deadline for opting into the NFL draft is here. Couple of last minute additions, a few over the weekend. We're going to get into all the declarations today on Locked On NFL Draft. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft Show. I'm your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And of course, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Tracy. He is at Ryan Tracy NFL. Ryan Tracy NFL, excuse me. And of course, you can find him also daily, Locked On NFL Chiefs, a team that's kind of waiting, right? There's been a lot of playoff football going on, wins, losses, but Chiefs haven't had to worry about it. You'll see them this upcoming weekend. And also, you can find him at Rogue Analytics. You can find me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker as well. And we want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks. All right, Price Picks is a daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Price Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% deposit, match up to $100 while using the promo code Locked On. That's PricePicks.com. Promo code Locked On. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, a lot of stuff going down, and we've been focusing a lot on the NFL over the last weekend, but College football, huge announcements. Today was the deadline. Who's going to declare? Who's not? Some guys, kind of, for whatever reason, made it go down to the wire when we assumed those guys would turn pro. And I um, probably got to start with our guy, C.J. Stroud, quarterback at Ohio State. Um, a lot of what I'm seeing so far is there are people that really love him. There are some people that are like, oh, man, I hope he goes to the Raiders because you see Derek uh, Carr and that whole situation and how it's shaping up. But others are kind of scouting the helmet. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the term scouting the helmet, which I'm pretty sure if you listen to this draft show, uh, you are familiar with it. But it's using past quarterbacks of that team to say what this guy is or isn't. And I think one thing that a lot of people – maybe overlook is usually like this small detail that makes it to where a guy ends up being however he is. And maybe this yeah. guy is different. So uh, CJ Stroud, your thoughts on him declaring and where he potentially might land. You know, I think it's unfair in general to use past quarterbacks at a given school in particular, this case, because I think he's so unique and I think he was asked to do specific things all through his career. And then that last ball game, we see him change what he can do. And I think that is more about the player than it is about the program. So you can always take like institutional things away from it. Uh, film preparation, like how much the quarterbacks in particular drive film study versus coach, all kinds of things there. But the player is the player and you got to scout the film. If you're going to scout the film, that's why I do metrics as well. Cause metrics don't lie. And you have to take those numbers too. It all comes together. I like what CJ Stroud has on film. I like what he has in the statistics column. He is a guy that I think approaches the game in what may be so far a limited way to what he's really capable of long-term. So I don't think it's a written book. I think there's a lot of upside. And I think it's going to take a coaching staff to explore what he can do to really unlock all of his potential. Where do you see CJ? 
Well, you know, you, you touched on a few key things there, and I think that's part of it when it comes to Justin Fields and maybe his transition to the NFL. And again, we're not, not wanting to scout the helmet, but coming from a similar system and how they've been taught to kind of see certain things and the things they have to almost unlearn mm-hmm. while going to the NFL and then learn and add to whatever it is that they do. And the, the main thing, and we've touched on it uh, already a few times, with Justin Fields is – Man, holds on to the ball, tick too late. How well is he seeing the field? He's waiting for guys to get open. And when you're playing at Ohio State and Fields played with Garrett Wilson, Fields played with Chris Olave, then now you see, uh, you know, our, our, our man C.J. Stroud and who he's playing with. I mean, he had three receivers that are good, including Marvin Harrison Jr., which some people might think is the best receiver in college football. Like, where would he go in this draft if he was eligible? And some people might say, hey, that's the number one receiver. So... Ohio State has such a plethora of receivers, and you you don't want to use that against quarterbacks, but it, it does kind of shift the, the, the playing field and make it a little bit uneven because, hey, I, these guys, they're getting open, they're catching balls, and even when they're not open, they're still open because we're just throwing it up. Some guys don't have the luxury of that, and it kind of makes it pretty simple uh, for a quarterback. So uh, that's going to be an uphill battle for our guy C.J. Stroud as well, Unless he does go to the Raiders. So let's kind of talk about maybe that fit, right? And does that match up with what we've seen from Josh McDaniels? Josh McDaniels obviously been the guy from the New England Patriots coaching tree. You see a lot of what he does is predicated on quick hitters, slot receivers getting open. It felt like he kind of went away from that a little bit because of having Devontae Adams. You had a guy uh, by the name, gosh, why am I blinking on the, the slot receiver for the Renfro. the rate. Yeah, Hunter Renfro. So you got Hunter Renfro, and, and I know he dealt with some injuries and things like mm-hmm. that, but even when he was back, it, there wasn't like this high-volume usage that I was expecting him to have that we've seen in the past. And it was more uh, focused on Devontae Adams as, you know, obviously like that's your one for sure. But do you think that they'll continue to move that way with the offense even when you have the quarterback that you want there? Like if C.J. Stroud is a long-term guy, or do you say – Oh man, nah, we, we we want somebody that's gonna be really quick with their decision making and getting the ball out of their hands to these short to in, intermediate route runner type receivers. You know, I think I will give Josh McDaniels credit. This this second sin is a head coach. The jury's still out, obviously. But phase one of Josh before he went to the Broncos was a head coach and failed miserably there. Stage two being that interim between head coaching jobs. That's where I think Josh McDaniels really shine. He's been able to adapt to a number of different quarterbacks filling in for Tom when Tom was still there, obviously since the departure. I mean, he's had all kinds from Cam Newton to, I mean, even Bailey Zappi playing in this season. He was in that that room doing some of the film work before that selection. I think Josh McDowns can can change and adapt his system to the quarterback somewhat. Is it is a complete redesign? No, there's still going to be principles there. You're still going to look, I think, for the quick hitters, and I think that is a timing thing that C.J. Stroud can grow into. I don't think it has to be predefined when he gets there. So I'm optimistic that a, a young, multiple player like that can fit with Josh McDaniels and grow into the Raiders' scheme. Yeah, well, I know one thing. you got to do something for Devontae Adams because this guy left Aaron Rodgers, went there expecting to play with one of his buddies from college, and it just went south. And it was really weird all season. It was up and down to the point where Carr ends up getting benched, dismissed from the team, so he's not a distraction. And Adams is looking at it like, look, like that's why I came here, for him. So if that doesn't work out, man, it gets weird really, really quick. All right, we're going to touch on some other guys who ended up saying, you know what, I'm taking my talents to the NFL. But first, we want to talk to you about the good folks over at 
Prize picks. And listen, if you're not playing prize picks and watching these college football playoff games or really any sport that you watch, you are missing out on something that makes every game more fun. How does it work? You pick two to five players, and if they go and score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. All right, there's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections that are available. I have a ton of fun watching uh, games and utilizing prize picks uh, really almost every day, I feel like. And, you know, kind of gets a little, uh, you got to be be a little careful there because you can kind of become addicted to it as I am because it's so much fun. All right. Uh, prize picks offers projections on any sport that you can watch. So NFL, which is happening right now, big time. All right. You got the NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, golf. Uh, you got MMA, boxing, uh, Euro basketball, cricket and more. Entries can be made super quick in like 60 seconds or less. So it's super easy. Just kind of find who you want and pick more or less on their projections. They're currently operating in over 30 states and are friends uh, north of the border, Canada. So how are you going to do this? Download the PrizePix app right now or go to prizepix.com to sign up and do your daily fantasy sports. All right, first-time users are going to receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So what does that mean? If you deposit $100, Price Picks will give you $100. And now you got $200 to play with. If you deposit $50, bucks, Price Picks will give you $50. So now you got $100 to play with. All right, and if you deposit $300... Well, they're still going to kind of max it out at $100, all right? So don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. This episode is also brought to you by TurboTax, all right? And you guys need to go to TurboTax. Why? So you don't do your taxes. Meet with an expert and they'll do them for you. TurboTax experts, man, they can relieve you from the stress of taxes and filing so you can do I don't know, not taxes, do anything but taxes, go enjoy uh, the sunset, go enjoy the sunrise, go enjoy all these different things that don't include you having to do your own taxes, all right, shoot, you can go take a nap, whatever it is, find something else to do, but TurboTax, they're going to do it, and they have an expert that would do the taxes from start to finish, ensuring that your taxes are done right, and it is 100% guaranteed, so you can relax, right? It feels good to be done with your taxes, doesn't it? Because you don't have to do them. All right, now, what are you going to do? You're going to go to TurboTax and not do your taxes. Visit TurboTax.com and learn more. Intuit TurboTax, full-service products only, video meeting while expert does your taxes required. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. All right, y'all, we want to thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen every day. And also tell you to subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast and get a daily conversation on the biggest NFL stories, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday and Monday. Local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. That's Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We've had uh, a couple other guys well quite a few that have said you know what i'm gonna take my talents to the nfl so where where, where do you want to start now um you know i think when you just look at who could be in the top three of their positional groups cj was obviously one i think the next logical guy is is a pass catcher also declared today jordan addison from usc formerly pitt obviously blitnikoff winner 
a guy that I still have right now at the top of my rankings for wide receiver. And you guys can check out rankings. We'll talk more about the tackles tomorrow. But I think he's the next biggest name in terms of who's going to have an impact, not only as a rookie, but during his rookie contract. Do you see it the same way, or do you think there's somebody else hanging out there? Yeah, I mean, I like Addison's game, and I've talked about him. And I don't know if this is scouting the helmet, right? I just talked about earlier not doing that. But I watched Marquise Lee at, at USC. And Marquise Lee, when he was there, and obviously Addison doesn't need to be at USC to, to become good. We saw him at Pittsburgh winning the Blitnikoff Award, all right? Mm-hmm. But since going to USC, I'm like, man, I can't help but not see Marquise Lee. And yep. I, I think a lot of people look at Marquise Lee's NFL career and how it's played out. But if you watch Marquise Lee, at USC, the, the year before he was eligible to come out, oh, he was awesome. He looked like the best receiver in college football. Then he hurt his knee. And I think the recovery on that, it, he just kind of wasn't quite the same after that. So Marquise Lee was a really fun receiver to watch. And we watched Jordan Addison and just his game is very similar. Not the biggest of guys, kind of slight right. a little bit. But I think you can move him around outside. Now, when I say slight, we're not talking about D.D. Westbrook, slight. That was at Oklahoma. Uh, but you could you know, maybe add a few pounds to his frame without really kind of losing a lot of the mobility, the route running. I think he sure. does a terrific job of kind of changing pace with his routes. And uh, I think at the NFL level, he might be a little bit more of a slot that can play outside as well. But do you think that there's one area that you think suits him a little bit more than in, in another? You know, I, I like him inside. Obviously, it's where he's comfortable. He runs, what was it, 72% of his routes from, from inside? Okay, that's fine. But like you said, I've seen him go outside as long as that he doesn't have – he's going to have trouble against super long corners with speed. Uh, Tariq Woolen's going to give him a little bit of trouble, right? Especially if he right. lands, lands in that division, they get a lot of reps against each other. But I've seen him get off of man. Maybe not press re- a real strong presser might give him a little trouble, but I've seen him get off of man. I like it. Uh, a lot of, of people don't want to make this comparison. I'm not sure why. I see a little bit of Devontae Smith in him. Maybe a, a little thicker, maybe not quite as explosive, but I do like the route combination. He's able to get loose. He understands how to use his leverage. Do you see a comparison between those two guys at all? And do you have concerns about that comparison too? It, it, it's a little tough because I just thought that Devontae, Devontae Smith, his game was so well-rounded. And a lot of people knocked him because of just kind of the lack of size, right? I mean, this is guy. He's, he's a twig. And I think it was very concerning for a lot of people when he weighed in at 166 pounds. It's like, dude, this, this guy's skinny as hell. But you watch him. He won every which way. He was extremely physical at the catch point with those passes. He was tough. He wasn't afraid to go in there and, and with traffic. The routes – I mean, he, he gave guys fits. And you watch guys like J.C. Horn, who's been terrific. I think he's probably been very underrated in his second year at the cornerback position. Patrick Sertan, he's the guy who ended up uh, being on the all-pro team. But gave J.C. Horn fits. So the physicality didn't bother him at all. So it, it's, it's a little tough because I didn't quite see that consistent big boy play. From Jordan Addison, even though I'm pretty sure he's going to weigh in, uh, you know, more than what we saw from Devontae Smith. But I do like the, the the comparison just in the sense of some of their ability. And if he plays anything like Devontae Smith, I think he'll be fine. Because when you watch, look at Devontae Smith and some of his stats right now, dude just had a terrific year too. All right. Went for almost 1,200 yards, 95 catches, seven touchdowns. And it was kind of under the radar and I felt like his best games like were towards the end of the season. His last, li- listen to his last four games or 
Yeah, for Devontae mm. Smith. Yeah. Five catches, 126 yards. Eight catches, 113. Nine catches, 115. Seven catches, 67 yards, right? In a game, a couple games prior to that, five catches, 102. So he finished on a hot streak. He always had that ability. People just kind of knocked him a little bit because, oh, well, he's skinny. I, I'm not sure that Addison is going to get tagged quite with that. But just from an ability standpoint, I, I definitely can see where you're coming from. I don't know if he's quite as good as Smith, though. And that's why Smith Fair was, enough. for me, just surefire a top 10 pick. It, and the only thing that made it any type of questionable was he was 160 pounds. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I don't see him as a one-to-one, um, but there are certain aspects that just have, as I've watched just the first couple of films on him, it, it reminded me a little bit of him. Let's see how far I get in there because I don't get to watch USC as often as you. So <laughs> I might have right. uh, have to change that comparison too. Right. All right, we're definitely going to get into a lot more of these guys who have now said, you know, I'm taking my talent to the NFL. But first, we're going to talk to you about BetOnline.net and how it is the number one source for all your sports betting information, stats, and analysis. All right, guys, listen, you can get the latest odds and trends for every, and I mean every professional and amateur league out there from pro football College bowl season when it was happening. All right, you got uh, the basketball, uh, the World Cup when that was going on. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which I'm sure you do, that's why you listen to this podcast right now, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. So it's like a one-stop shop, man. They have everything for you. You can do some BetOnline stuff. You can do some uh, podcast listening, whatever it is. They got it. And head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about what's going on at BetOnline. Where? The game starts. All right. There have been some more uh, guys that have said, you know what, I'm going to the NFL. So so who do we have next? Yeah, you know, A lot of guys uh, that were waiting to play in the championship uh, got there. A couple of Ohio State guys. Paris Johnson, uh, Dewan Jones, their pair of tackles, two guys that we'll talk about tomorrow, are on there. Then you have Broderick Jones, offensive tackle, and – Jalen Carter, defensive tackle, Georgia. You can understand those guys coming out. Obviously, uh, Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, corner from TCU. They're just waiting to get the games out of their system, complete their college careers, and then call it. And now they all have. And so it's it's funny because there's a lot of high-end talent in that group because they're playing a championship game. For me, it's the tackle group. I mean, there's three guys there that should have an argument to go at least in the top 50, maybe day one. Uh, we'll have a long conversation about tackles tomorrow, and you can find that now on NFL33.com if you want to check out my thoughts. But who stands out to you in that group, Croc? Pierce Johnson. I mean, that, that's got to be one of my favorite ones there just because I like versatility. So mm-hmm. a guy who has shown he can play inside, outside. We saw that with Smith going to the Dallas Cowboys. Smith, they were like, oh, we're going to put him at guard. Next thing you know, man, you got to start left tackle for a lot of the season as well. And it was like, hey, it looks kind of good. And then in a pinch, I saw them lose a guy. All of a sudden, he had to slide back inside. So uh, having that type of versatility and that experience, even for a guy, Smith, when he was coming out, people were like, oh, he's super raw coming out of Tosa. Now, uh, you see Johnson, where you're not going to have that issue of being quote-unquote raw. It's a guy who has had a lot of experience playing inside and was able to slide outside and has that athletic frame that a lot of people are looking for. So long, linear guy, can move, good feet. I think he's someone who I'm, I'm definitely going to be high on throughout this process. Oh, yeah. We're going to have a good conversation tomorrow then. You said long and linear. 
And there is no better prospect in this draft class than the guy who just declared on the 12th in Darnell Washington. I think he's like seven foot two, right? Something like that. 600 pounds, whatever. Um, <laughs> like he's like he's a mammoth man. Tell me about what you think about him movement wise. Are you surprised he came out? He had the little bit of tweak there in the semifinal, but came back for the final game. I think he's a guy who, when you start talking about just ball skills, oh, they are there. You know, the, the ball skills, his ability to go up, catch the ball, uh, the physicality after the catch, especially once he kind of puts his foot in the ground and, and gets upfield. Uh, and one thing about Georgia, man, you aren't going to really be used the way that he's used if you can't run block. So on top of that, and not a whole lot of targets, and, you know, when you're playing that, Georgia, you don't, there's not a lot of targets to go around regardless. But I thought he took advantage of all the targets that he was able to get. And just using that big frame, that big body, then watching. I mean, there was one play against, uh, I think, Vanderbilt, like jumping over guys on the sideline, running through another guy. And it's just like, man, this dude's kind of a freak of nature, man. Uh, I would have loved to see him be in a more pass-happy offense that was suited for him because Brock Bowers took all the love. I mean, it was just that was the Brock Bowers show there offensively. And, that, I mean, I can't wait to talk about him next year because, I mean, that's it's a foregone conclusion that that guy is going to be the first tight end off of the board, without a doubt. But Washington, fun to watch. And I think throughout this process, you're going to be able to learn a little bit more about, hey, route running and things like that, especially once it gets over to the combine. Combine is going to really show, like, all right, we, we want to see it. Not, we, don't want you to, we don't want to see just a guy who runs to a spot and has to box guys out. Can you sink your hips? Can you get in and out of your brakes? Can you change direction? I think they going to get challenged in ways that he didn't really get challenged in at – Georgia, but uh, just looking at how athletic he is, I think he'll pass the test. Yeah, I, that's always a challenge when you're that tall, is being able to sink your hips and change direction. That's going to be the number one question for me. The route running is a question for me, too. I haven't had a whole lot of offensive film on them yet. I've been watching a lot of the defense. You know, that's that's what comes first for me, but I'm looking forward to seeing him as well. Do you have him right now? You, you think he should be in the top three tight ends? Is he pushing Michael Mayer? I, I don't think he's pushing Michael Mayer. I think Mayer is just a guy. But I think that it's going to be tough to crack that top three, but people are going to look at the upside and what it could look like maybe with their offense. And, and, and that's the part where there's going to be a little bit of – there's really going to be some projection there with exactly what it's going to look like with him in your offense. And some people do have more of an offense where it's just guys that have to run to a spot, turn around, and then block, and all right, we're good with that. But I'm just curious to see his route running and then how much higher that can have him up on the list. Yeah, I, I have to as well. Hopefully he doesn't end up just being – I mean, he feels like he should be a Titan, right? So he can just bash people, slip out on delays, and, and, and make big plays. Uh, can he do more than that? Can get more teams interested? That's going to be the question in the pre-draft process. Right. But I'm looking forward to it too. Yeah, that's going to be uh, really fun to see that whole process play out. Uh, that's going to do it. For this episode of Locked on NFL Draft, I want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day and also let you know that, man, for your second listen, go check out the Locked on NFL podcast, bring you the local insights that you love on the national spotlight with daily conversation on the biggest NFL stories. Locked on NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. But that's it from us. Can't wait to get to y'all again where Ryan Tracy talks to us about his top five guys the big guys. Yeah, <laughs> We're going to talk about that and more tomorrow. Peace.